It's time! Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio! Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world! The Big Play! Reflux Show! Welcome to the Big Play Reflog Show. I'm your host, Nick Padone, joined as always by Mr. Chris McNeil. Chris, what's going on? Nick, how are you doing? Not too bad, man. Excited for the show today. Obviously, we always have a good one for you. Got a lot going on. NBA Summer League is here. We're going to have our bets coming up as well. But first, we're going to get into our featured interview talking Buckeyes, talking really all things Columbus with Lori Schmidt. Uh, and then we'll break down some of the top Cleveland sports headlines this week. We'll get into some bets presented by Tipico. Make sure you download that Tipico Sportsbook app. When you do, use promo code REFLOG. Deposit 50, you'll get $200 bets on us. Chris, you ready to talk some Columbus with Lori? Absolutely. Let's do it, Nick. Let's do it. Alrighty, this featured interview is presented by Labatt. Today, we're joined by assistant sports editor for your Columbus Dispatch, friend of show, joining us again, Lori Schmidt. Lori, what is going on? So great to have you back. Love the hat as always. I had to break my own hat out for this show. What's going on? Hey, Nick. Hey, Chris. Gab's with us in spirit. <laughs> I think Gab is frantically en route to studio is where Gab is at. <laughs> she was tired out from that Friday night game, I'll tell you, because... It was a, it went only an hour and fifty one minutes on on Friday for the Guardians. They had her running all around the stadium, and then she had to kill time. We'll talk to her about that, but she's probably still tired from that, Nick. Probably, but that's not stopping. I'm us. making excuses for. Her. I'm trying. Yeah, man. yeah, you are. That that was a that was a deep bag uh, excuse there, but I'm gonna flip things and talk some Buckeyes with Lori. The season opener at Indiana is really less than two months away when you look at this calendar now flipped to Ooh. July already. Lori, how are the Buckeyes looking? What are you what are you seeing? What are you hearing about this upcoming group? Well, obviously there's some optimism on the side of the uh, the offensive side of the ball. Um, because you know, anytime you've got a Ryan Day offense, but it's going to be intriguing since he's handling off some of the play calling duties to Brian Hartline. And of course the offensive line, a little bit of a question mark for OSU. And then the defensive side of the ball, the players and coaching staff are way more optimistic than last year's performance in big games would lead you to believe they should be. Um, there's a sense that they just, they, they know the offense now 
They, uh, sorry, they know the scheme now. They're ready. They are going to perform better against the Michigans and Georgias of the world. How about on the offensive side of the the ball? Everyone's looking at quarterback, and for people who aren't in it day in, day out, what does it look like at the quarterback position? Does Kyle McCord have this thing wrapped up as the starter? No, uh, it definitely doesn't have it wrapped up. But, uh, you know, when his high school teammate is out there catching passes and Marvin Harrison, I mean, that's a big check in his in his resume right there. Uh, more familiar with the system, been here a little bit longer. I would say he's the front runner, but it is a little bit concerning that he hasn't gone out and grabbed it by now. And also, by the way, a testament to how well Devin looks. Absolutely. When we talk about Marvin Harrison, especially this connection that he has with McCord, I get that this is a tough question to ask, and it's probably a little bit too early for it, but there's been a little bit of chatter online about Marvin Harrison Jr. being a Heisman candidate. Obviously, that's tough, tough, tough to do when you're not at that QB position. Do you think that there's a legitimate chance at that, or is there just too many mouths to feed with this Ohio State offense? I mean, you look at Ohio State's history and their their history in winning the wide receiver of the year award, not great, even yeah. though they've got some of the best wide receivers in the country over the past few years. They're just going to cannibalize each other's stats a little bit. You've got a quarterback who is getting used to being under center. I think it's a little early for that talk. I wouldn't I if I had money, I wouldn't necessarily lay odds on it. Okay, we'll we'll take note of that with our friends at Tipico. Chris, you get that, but you put that in your back pocket there. That's right. It is amazing, though, the way Lori talks there about the wide receiver position because the last time we had a Blitnikoff winner, do you know who it was? 1995? Wow. Terry Glenn. It's that long ago, I believe. So, Which is surprising, too, because when you look at all these guys that have made big-time names for themselves in the NFL, you know, Michael Thomas, now look at some of these younger bucks that are on their way up with Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. It's, it's just amazing to me that they never won that award. When you look at the schedule, playing the schedule game a little bit, Lori, you know, the Big Ten, once again, I, I there's nothing there that particularly scares me. You know, the Michigan game will. Uh, but outside of that, is there anything on the schedule that you've got circled? Uh, the bye week, because then I can take a break. <laughs> Other than that, no. There's a reporter really. answer for you. <laughs> Love it. Anything around the Notre Dames of the world, the Wisconsin's, anything there scary? Or do you think we're just going to kind of roll through those? Not, not yet. Um, I do want to see what Ohio State looks like early in the season. Um, I, I think, you know, playing a Big Ten team in the opener is going to be helpful. Uh, you can't wade into the season the way you do some years when you're playing San Polytechnic West Branch, you know, <laughs> podunk you. Um, so I, I think maybe that'll be helpful to the Buckeyes. And I think we'll get a better gauge, like we did the year that they played Minnesota in the opener, of what they are capable of. Because we did. We saw some of the things that were concerns for the Buckeyes that year and ended up undermining them later in the season in that open. That's very true. And then fast-forwarding to that Michigan game, you know, the question, I, I almost hate asking it, but everybody's always asking, Michigan game, Ryan Day, does he have to get it done this year? Is he on the hot seat? Is he in trouble if he doesn't win that ball game? I would 
I would like to see him take the approach of Jim Tressel and take the approach of Urban Meyer and meld them a little bit. Jim Tressel, who was kind of of the philosophy that there is nothing more fun than beating Michigan. It is a blessing. You go out there, you rip their heads off, and you have a smile on your face while you do it. And then Urban Meyer was the, almost the exact opposite. And he was, you've got to be afraid to lose to Michigan. There is nothing worse in this world. You can lose your entire family and your pet dog and your car to a flood, and that still will not be worse than losing to Michigan. Um, <laughs> and so far, what Ryan Day has tried to do is find a middle ground between those two things, as opposed to taking the best elements of those two approaches. And I would love to see him do the latter this year, where he's just like Jim Tressel level fun and Urban Meyer level fear and, and take that approach into the Michigan game. That's my my two cents on it. So, so you touched on it earlier a little bit with the defense, and and they've got some optimism coming into this year. Big games like Michigan, they let us down. Jim Knowles back again. Uh, you know, are we going to see a progression of that defense now? Are we going to see them really take that next step? Well, you saw it at Oklahoma State. His players there said that it took a while because Jim Knowles' defenses are so intricate and so built on confusing the opposing quarterback that it just takes some while to learn the system. And they say, at least, that that's what's happening here in Columbus, but obviously the proof is in the pudding, and we're going to see this year. Interesting. Now for former Buckeyes, Justin Fields up there in Chicago. What do you think? Do you think he takes a step forward this year? I think they've got better weapons for him this year, for sure. They finally uh, realized that he can't just be throwing to, you know, you, me, and Nick. Um, <laughs> I've and got some height be- now, Lori. Come on. <laughs> yeah, Chris has got some height. I, I fathom myself to be a little bit of a fast guy. Come on, Lori. Give the threesome of us here a little <laughs> bit of credit on the turf. I'm, br- I'm bringing you both down, though. And then, and then you know. Gabs at center. It's just you, you, you yeah. can't do – you can't – you've got to have some weapons. You can't do it all on your own. And, you you know, they, they kind of forced him into a situation where he was relying on his feet so much that you didn't get to see what he could do with his arms. So I think he's going to look better this year for sure. When you look at other Buckeye QBs, now obviously C.J. Stroud drafted second overall by the Houston Texans. That kind of came almost as a bit of a surprise. There were some smoke and mirrors uh, with the Texans of what they were actually going to do with that pick. Ended up taking Stroud. I get that the Texans have been a mess for quite some time. How do you see that one shaking out? Uh, His teammates so far have raved about the things that that smoke and mirrors you talked about. Yeah. The thing, the concerns that were raised with that haze are things that his teammates are raving about right now. So I would be optimistic if I was a CJ Stroud fan that he's going to do better than the draft analysts who were poo-pooing his chances would have you believe. So we don't talk a whole lot of blue jackets on here, but having you on gives me the opportunity to do so. We're just talking about Michigan in the negative sense. Now we're talking about a Michigan guy who the blue jackets have just drafted Adam Fantilli. What do you, what do you make of him? What does he bring to the table for the blue jackets? And also what do you make of his video back in the spring where he said, Hey, I think Columbus is a good spot for me to land. Well, I mean, he is very aware of 
the Blue Jackets go blue history. Um, Jack Johnson and Zach Wierenski did pretty good things with Columbus. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, geographically, it's a fit. His family can come here whenever. And he's sort of got that Midwest mentality. He is a spark plug on the ice. He's a feisty guy. He will engage in fisticuffs, maybe a little too much for a franchise center. Um, but he is a guy who will bring a little bit of energy to the Blue Jackets lineup and obviously a scoring touch and uh, a playmaking ability. He's a nice meld of those two things. He's not hes not Leo Carlson, who was strictly sort of a playmaker, and he's not Will Smith, who has the shot. He's a guy that brings those two elements together, and he's going to be playing eventually with his teammate, Gavin Brindley, who the Blue Jackets selected in the second round. Interesting. And now, of course, the Blue Jackets with a new coach, kind of a new look going forward. Do you expect them to kind of shake off what happened last year? I, I, at least for me as an outside fan, it seemed kind of unexpected that we kind of imploded the way that we did. Do, do you expect the Blue Jackets to come in with kind of a renewed purpose this year? Well, I do have a question as to whether they're going to be less than the sum of their parts, because I don't know how the parts fit right now. Uh, Mike Babcock would not seem to be the kind of coach who can bring out the best in a Patrick Line, who's um, a little bit prickly at times. Um, you know, it, it will be interesting to see him work with a rookie in Adam Fantilli um, and, you know, smooth out the locker room when you've got an, a Provorov you know, uh, making headlines for reasons that have nothing to do with hockey. So it'll be interesting to see if Dave King, who was a former Mike Babcock coach, by the way, and got in his ear this offseason, and Ken Hitchcock, who is a uh, Babcock friend, and got in his ear this offseason and told him you need to moderate your approach so that the players can see that not only are you a good coach, but you're a good guy. It'll be interesting to see if he can take those lessons that his friends tried to share with him and take it out onto the ice. Very interesting. A lot to kind of kind of uh, think about as the Blue Jackets go forward. Lori, do you have anything to promote while you're here? Uh, subscribe to the Columbus Dispatch. Um, we've got some of the best yeah. sports reporters around. Uh, we're working really hard on, uh, on our coverage. And our lead editor, our boss, um, Brian White, is one of the best journos that I've ever worked with. He understands and wants to truly put the best product out there. He is passionate about that. He is never off the clock, just great at what he does and a great person. So uh, I think that shows in the product and I wouldn't encourage you to just to, to subscribe. Yeah, definitely make sure to go and subscribe. Big need for that now. You, you know, look at the news and you see, you know, just mass layoffs at this major sports network, mass layoffs at that major sports network. So make sure to support local journalism. Go subscribe, Columbus Dispatch. Go check out all of their great sports reporting there. Lori, thank you so much for hopping on with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, and Lori, go Red yeah. Hawks. Go Red Hawks. Just going to throw that in there. Okay, I, I didn't know they allowed swear words on this podcast. <laughs> We're going to get you this year. We're going to get you this year, right? Uh, thanks for being on. Oh, you oh, yeah. <laughs> Laurie Schmidt, everybody. Good stuff there, Chris. Man, some good Columbus talk. Really, Buckeyes 
It's interesting. What she said about Kyle McCord is interesting to me because this is the first time in a good handful of years where we're going into an Ohio State season where we don't really know 110% that this dude's going to be the starter. Uh, and we're in July. So that, that piece of it is a little bit interesting to me. What'd you think? But you also pick up on it and you see this being down here in Columbus 24 seven. Yeah. Um, the, the concern level is not real high. Yeah. Not real high about that, which is amazing. You know, could you imagine? I mean, we live up in Cleveland by the you quarterback. Just live for quarterback controversy and quarterback issues. Down here, you legitimately have questions about who's going to be your quarterback. And everyone's like, yeah, it'll probably be him. But, you know, if not, we'll figure it out. No big deal. Yeah. And it's just amazing for an organization like this to kind of have a fan base. But I guess you just have an expectation level, right? As a Buckeye fan, you have an expectation that it's going to be plug and play, even at the quarterback position, the most important position on the field. And that's kind of the way it rolls out. And by the way, history is on the side. Yeah. That's that's why people, I think, are kind of that way. But it is a question. It is a question right now. And I, I think uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of uh, – uh, success we have at the quarterback position, what we ultimately do. To that point too, Chris, and it's kind of to steal a little bit from Lori there. I, I feel like at that quarterback position too, like the rest of their offense is so stacked. Like Ibuke yeah. is coming back. You know, Marvin Harrison's coming back. They're always going to have a beast of a running back. That offensive line is going to have NFL talent from top to bottom. You can stick your eye at quarterback and it'll be all right. You know, it won't, will it be the prettiest thing in the world? Probably not. Will we be a first round pick? Definitely not. But I, I think the Ohio State Buckeyes will be fine, whether it's McCord or somebody else. And yeah, my my panic meter. I'm I'm with the people down there in Columbus. Not very high on that. Well, the one question, and I think outside of quarterback, the bigger question is really going to be the defense. Yeah, uh, Jim Knowles has got to get that defense stepping up. And Lori talked about it there that hey, it takes a little bit of time. You've got to have a little bit of patience, which we don't have a whole lot in Columbus, especially when it comes to big games and big games when you're playing teams like Michigan. Um, you've got to have a defense that that responds. And certainly the talent is there. I think uh, it's just a matter of these schemes of that kind of becoming indoctrinated and this team then performing on the field. So I think the defensive side of the ball, even though you don't have a quarterback right now that you, you could say, okay, that's our number one guy for sure. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be looking at the defense more so. Just saying, too, just putting this one out there for you guys, uh, Ohio State, obviously got a lot of Buckeye people listening to this. I graduated early, so I got a little year of eligibility left, too. Uh, that that kicking situation. You hasn't graduated early? Yeah, so if they haven't figured out that kicking situation, I think the NCAA still still owes me a year, if not two, because I went to college during the pandemic. So, uh, yeah, that, that's just a little call out if they haven't fixed that kicker spot quite yet. Yeah, the way it works, you can just play for how many years? If you were in school during the pandemic, we're going to have those players, it seems like, in there forever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm still, I definitely still have a year of eligibility. And then factor in the pandemic mess, I think you could squeeze two seasons out of me kicking. Like that center from Purdue, he's going to be there forever. <laughs> All right, what do you guys say we do a little fill in the blank, welcome Gab on into the studio and get this thing moving forward. All righty, Gab, you want to tell you? Okay, it? sure. First of all, I would just like to say I really love your bucket hat. Dude, right? Dripped out. Looking love good. It. Looking good. Had to wear good. it on the stream tonight. Wow. Wow. 
I, I have the Hawaiian shirt too, and Refog reminded me that I had it. The issue with the Hawaiian shirt, though, was I haven't done laundry in a while, and the night that they gave that away, oh no, wrinkly shirt, I sweat through it, man. Oh, like, okay. like I ripped off the shirt that I came in <laughs> wearing and put just the Hawaiian shirt on. I mean, it was hot, so that thing <laughs> is sweaty in the bottom of my hamper. Uh, or else I would have went double. I was gonna say that would be quite the ensemble. Would have been would have been quite the fit, but I went just right with the bucket hat. All right, well I'm loving it. I have one too. Chris, did you get a bucket hat? I have not gotten a bucket hat. All right. Nor did I get the Hawaiian shirt, but I got the Larry Doby shirt, which was fantastic, and an XL. So I'll have to shrink that a little bit in the wash. But oh yeah, it's a big one. I got that one. Eating some hoes. Or I could go the other way, right? I'll just fit into the shirt eventually. Yeah. All right, fill in the blank, everybody. On a scale of 1 to 10, my interest level in the NBA in-season tournament is... Chris, what did you think about this? I'm going a solid 5. I'm at least interested a little bit because it's going to break up the season. It's going to... It's going to have games that are interesting when I normally would only have a mild interest. And so I think it's going to heighten it a little bit. It's not something where I say, wow, that's really going to change my winter viewing or anything like that. Uh, but it, it's going to it's going to cause some interest for me. So I'm all for it. I like some of these changes, some of these tweaks that are incentivizing the guys to actually play. I mean, I went to several games last year most notably against Golden State yep. and then a game against the Spurs where we played – or no, no, no. It was Golden State and then Milwaukee where none of the stars played. The Cavs played those teams and nobody played on those two teams and they both came to town. So anything that keeps the stars out there, keeps teams interested, I think is good. But I'm only mildly interested at this point. We'll have to see in the execution of this bad boy. Yeah, I'll kind of go with that, and I'm optimistic about it, but I'm actually very excited, and it is going to change my December viewership for sure because the one thing that we poo-poo the NBA on is that the regular season doesn't mean anything. So they found a way to make the regular season mean something. So I really like this. I think that there will be a little bit added benefit for the players. To, to actually play hard in this thing. And I think similar to the play-in tournament, we heard the same thing about the play-in tournament. People hated the play-in tournament when it was announced because it was pretty much now every team makes the playoffs. But think of how many good moments we've gotten from the play-in. I mean, the Lakers this year were a 13 seed. We were talking about it with yeah. Ben Steiner last week, and they made the conference finals. The Heat, as a low seed, made it all the way to the NBA finals. So I think, obviously, this doesn't have that sort of magnitude because it's not the playoffs. But I do think it just adds that extra intrigue in the middle of a NFL season, in the middle of college football, just kind of keeps the NBA relevant there in the background. The groupings were, le- were released yesterday. So Group A, Cavs, 76ers, Hawks, Pacers, Pistons. Do Give you, me that. We lucked out. You we like lucked the odds of that? out. I love that group. That group sucks. The 76ers <laughs> are going to be horrible. They're losing that fraud, James Harden. Thank goodness. The Hawks, they're always formidable. They play us tough. Same with the Pacers and the Pistons. I don't get why they didn't do this by conference. That doesn't really make much sense at all. I don't know why the NBA even has conferences uh, anymore, divisions rather. But, um, yeah, I like this. I think we we run the floor with with all of these teams in this group. But let me ask you this question. So, ultimately, we win this thing. You get a trophy, right? Is that, is that it? You get bragging rights, of course. Oh, bragging rights. Oh, I forgot. Okay. It, but, and then all you right. get it, – it, it's going to mess with the seating too, Chris. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's still wins and losses, as would a normal regular season game. Yeah, yeah, but but this right. the execution is going to be key to this. Thing, True. Where if there's real interest, because I the conceptually, I, I'm right with it. I know soccer has done this for a while across the seas, uh, across the sea. Um, but you know, whether it's going to really play here, I don't know. But it's a good idea. It's something that will add some more interest. It's just going to be that executional piece. I mean, a bunch of pros who are millionaires and billionaires and such that who are playing for a trophy. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily buying that. So they've got to work on that. All right. That's a fair analysis. Let's move to our baseball team. The Guardians' first half of the season was they're 45-45, and 45, leading the AL Central by just a half a game. I'm going to say the Guardians. We haven't had McKenzie all year. The Guardians' first half of the season is how they always go. Like They always just kind of stay That's around, stay in punching distance. It's exactly where I wanted them to be, uh, obviously leading the AL Central. That this is, is kind of crazy, too. This is usually too. how it always goes. They always fall, really stumble right out the gate. There's people that want Francona fired early, then round kind of this part of the summer. You hear the we're back kind of chatter. So yeah. it's, it's how it always goes. I feel like I'm we don't talk about it a ton on the show, but... But Chris and Nick, your thoughts on Tito? We, I feel like love I don't, him. I don't know your input really. Yeah, I love him. I see, I see the tweets, and I see that there's yeah. people out there that that hate him and want him fired. And he does do things just like from the lineup. I the get, lineup you know, thing. like yeah, like people people get upset with that. But I think he's answering to the front office and also trying to make the best lineup to get hits and get production every night. So I, I have real, really no qualms with with Tito. <laughs> I, I see the stuff yeah. that's out there, but. And I'm the I'm the same way as Nick is. I, the Guardians' first half of the season too is business as usual. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what we do. This we've seen this just copy paste, you know, uh, just year after year, which is fine. Which gets us to the playoffs, right? And it's going to be what we do in the playoffs, and and hopefully we can continue this momentum in the second half of the season. You start looking, and I was looking this afternoon. Second half of the season, strength of schedule. We're kind of right in the middle okay. of teams. Mm-hmm. But then the rest of our division has the easiest schedules. It's like Twins, Detroit, you know, <laughs> everybody is down there uh, and has a real easy strength of schedule for the rest of the way in. So we're going to have to start winning some team, winning against teams that aren't just Kansas City. Yeah, absolutely. And to that point, Chris, of what you were saying about business as usual, really going to have to prove it come playoffs. I think a big piece of that, and this has maybe a bit to do with Tito, maybe a little bit more. I put this out there earlier in the week as an overall organizational approach. Something that has drive me crazy about the first half of this season is that the first game out of the break, the Guardians could hit 10 home runs in one game, oh. and they would still be dead last in Major League Baseball in home runs. I think that's an organizational philosophy that needs to change. Last year, you had luck on your side. Let's just call it for what it well, is. Well, we you tried with Bell, and, and, and we tried. I feel like we do try, Nick, Fran Mill Reyes, we, we, the we, assassin. We put and, our hand in the dollar DVD bin and shuffle <laughs> it around and go, Josh Bell! Fran Mill Reyes. No, we we need to guy, find some guys, develop some guys that could hit some home. We've runs. also had Josh Donaldson, and I don't. Remember, That's what I'm saying. And I don't think that he really performed with us either. Nope. If you look at his numbers, nope. Because I think it says something about our organization, not necessarily the picks that we're making. Exactly. Is my point. Exactly. It's like an organizational philosophy, and I don't know if that's like the hitting coaches, or I don't. I don't know what it is. I'm not trying to say that I have the answer, hmm. but um, 
Yeah, you, you got to well, hit some home runs. You can't be dead last. Since we're on the topic of production, and because he got a lot of hate on Twitter, and speaking of the lineup issues, I will say that Ahmed Rosario, He's over, over the last 13 games, 305 average, 18 hits, four doubles, a triple home run, 13 RBIs, and he's really cl- clutch with runners in scoring position because batting 358, four doubles, a triple, 30 RBIs. Did you guys know he leads Major League Baseball with 36 triples since 2018? Fast. He's not terrible. Like he's a good. Like when he's on, he's on, and we're he's, we're seeing that spark again. I, I feel like he gets dragged a lot. On he here. does. So I was just pointing that out, everybody. Everybody, remain calm. the The boys have been hitting lately. We had that eighteen. I know it's the Royals, but we did have eighteen hits, ten runs the other day. It's yeah. nice. It's nice to yeah. to get comfortable with that. I think too. I I do see so much Rosario hate, and I I I don't. A lot of it, like you're saying, Gab. I don't think much of it's warranted. I think some of the people that I see, like it's just one of those things where they're in love with the prospects. So like they wanted to see Arias in the lineup. They want to see more Freeman. They want to see uh, the that that Brian Rocchio kid. Um, You know. So I I think that's kind of the thing that's. like that's that's the issue with the Ahmed is people are just like there's a log jam trade his ass you know maybe get a big bat if you could trade him out of here yeah I see I see all that stuff but uh I don't know I feel bad for Ahmed all right well how about pitching here blank should be the Guardians fifth starter the second half of the season mm. well Quantrill is injured yeah um Savali yeah. didn't do too bad the other day yeah, so I think we Nine strikeouts. We have Bieber, Siv, Bybee, and Gavin Williams are the four that are set to be in the rotation after the break. I think if they want to go with a fifth, it's probably got to be Logan Allen. We don't know. Oh, yeah, Savali's in there. Okay. Yeah. One, two, Just three, because Savali's already in there. Yeah, so, Siv yeah. is already yeah. in there. Because, like, with, with Quantrill and this injury, like, he was we, – we know Cal is a good fifth starter. And then he got hurt and then came back and was absolute buns. Like, I tweeted out, like, welcome to the Akron Rubber Ducks, Cal Quantrill. And then the next day, we find out that he's, like, back okay. on the injured list. I will say who called that on this show because you, you guys were t- talking too much smack. And I'm like, if I know this pitcher enough, like – there's something rhythmic. Yeah. There's something wrong with that. I think that if he's healthy, he'd be a great option. That's what I'm saying. So I don't know. But here's the thing, though. Like, don't rush back because we saw what happened when you rushed back last time. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, though, because they got to figure that out, too. I, th- I think probably Logan Allen is the one that yeah. just, like, is the, young is lefty. the obvious choice. Yeah, young lefty. And Do we know when Mackenzie's going to come back? I, I got the media release, but I... I think it's just it's one of those of things that are kind of just out in the ether of... It's not going to be Tommy John, but it's going to be a number of weeks till they reevaluate him. And then what happens at that reevaluation point is TBD. Because mm-hmm. like you got to reevaluate the decision that you once made so who who knows there i think they're kind of, they they are and they should just slow play the hell out of that because thankful that it's not tommy john but at the same time the dude definitely has some inflammation going on in there so yeah for sure and these guys are slinging it so yeah uh the guardians not getting miles Naylor in the draft is disappointing oh <laughs> man that would have been fun right yeah, I already I already had all the memes all set up. I know that that was my answer to the to the fill in the blank was a waste of all our memes. I felt like we had a we had a good backlog full and we, <laughs> we unleashed them still anyway. Yeah, but Chris, maybe there is a way. I we we saw it in the chat. Some of your best work. I, I think what we could do is because we I found out earlier today that if he doesn't sign his contract by the end of the month. He, they lose the rights to him. So could we get a big play NIL fund in place, go to college for a year, 
we'll, you know, you'll supplement his income. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, go yeah. go to college, go party. Your brothers are already in the pros. Have some fun for a year, and then come back to the draft next year. Guardians take them. Like stay in school. Yeah, stay, stay in school. In school, kids. Miles Nay, and we'll reuse all the memes next year, like nothing ever happened. Okay, sure. No, we just trade with the A's. He'll be a prospect, and we'll, we'll make a trade with them at some point. The A's are kind of giving up, so <laughs> give them a bag of cash or something. For sure. Let's go. That's all I have for fill in the blank. All right, what do you guys say? We hit some bets. Bets. Hey, hey, before we do that, I gotta ask. I gotta ask Gavin a question. Oh, too late. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. We killed both music. You cut the music yeah. for me. We cut yep. the music for you. This better be good, McNeil. No, no, no. This is. This is. So, so this is perfect because you know I have to do this just kind of off the cuff, like you on Friday. For anybody who's listening, the Guardians and the Royals played a game in an hour and fifty-one minutes on Friday. I was in attendance at that game. It was amazing. The Guardians rolled in that game. Everybody was rolling. It just kind of just great pacing. And in between every half inning, you had Gab like in different locations in that stadium, (laughs) running her butt off, entertaining everybody. And then the game got done so quickly, they couldn't light off the fireworks yet. They had to wait for it to get dark, which I've never seen that happen. (laughs) So poor Gab and her counterpart were on both sides. One was Gab was on the first base side dugout. Her counterpart was on the third base side dugout. They had Slider in the middle as a judge, and she was leading everybody in karaoke in the yeah. whole stadium, 25,000 <laughs> people. And, Gab, there's got to be some inside stories of, like, the Indi- or the Guardians, excuse me, coming to you and saying, okay, we've got 45 minutes. We've got an hour until we can light One off these fireworks. One time last year. Go figure something out. So, so at least I had a co-host this time because we were tap dancing together, obviously, and the crowd was really into it. So it was a great game. It was like a finish the lyric and which side could be louder and know all the words. Yeah. So it was – people were loving that. But last year – I did have to entertain a crowd post game for 45 minutes because they had a malfunction with the fireworks. So I was just doing all kinds of stuff, Chris. Like if you thought that was something, you should have seen me solo last year. And I was just like, I don't even know how we just passed the time like that. (laughs) (laughs) It felt like four years. I can imagine that's just that's just something to be up there and you got everybody squeezed in yeah. because they're all waiting for the fireworks. Everybody's squeezed in around you and you've got 25,000 people there or whatever and you're trying to entertain them. Now, the good thing is because the game went so fast, everybody was in a good mood and of course we won. Oh, and so we won. I think and the we crowd won. was very amenable, you know, to you. Is it weird that I don't stay for the fireworks usually? <laughs> No, well, I wasn't planning on it either, but oh, Gab yeah. had to give me some tickets and a football. So oh, I, yeah. had to wait I had to make a delivery that was really tough to make all game. So thanks for your patience. Yeah. Reflog has that drive back. I, I just feel like, I don't know. I have this opinion. I feel like you've seen one firework. You kind of seen them all. You and know, then, like that's fair. They do a good job. They do. They do a, they do really a nice job. job. Yeah. Those those fireworks are really well. They do. Done. True. I will say they're pretty sick because they line up with the music, music. and there's just like that's fair. It's a different experience than your Fourth of July fireworks. Yeah, and two, like if you were to take somebody to like you know like whether they're you know like from here, not from here, like I'm thinking like somebody that's not from here, like a firework in July, the first week of July that was firework displays in the area, like that's the one you got to take them to. That yeah. is the best. So. Yeah, it's a good time. Makes sense. All right, I just had to ask that. All right, now I think we're officially ready for our bets, right? Let's go. 
Alrighty, you can bet with the show crew and Typico Sportsbook. Typico lets you bet. I'm sorry, there's there's somebody like scraping the outside in this studio, and Bowman's looking out there, like what is going on? But it's been going on for like the last five minutes. I can't stop looking over there. All right, Typico lets you bet on all the biggest sporting events all year round. MLB, MLS, PJ, you name it, they probably have it. They can't let you bet on if somebody's going to be scraping the outside of our studio here at Berg Lakefront Airport, <laughs> but you could bet with us. The Home Run Derby is ongoing as the stream is live, so make sure you download that Typico Sportsbook app. Bet on our big play boosts. Download it with that show link or with the promo code. Reflog would work. Big play would work. But that show link is really what you're after. When you deposit 50, you're going to get $200 of bets on us. You got to be 21 years or older to gamble in Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's take a look at some bets this week. The MLB All-Star Game is tomorrow. Let's lock in a bet. Will the All-Star Game run total be over or under seven and a half runs. We have a little bit of information. There hasn't been over seven runs in an all-star game since 2018. Oh. That doesn't seem right. That does not. Wow. So that's, is that total? So total runs between both teams? Yeah, that's, that's from Dollar Dog. So he's usually, uh, he's usually pretty locked in. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So, I, I would just right off the top, I'd go over that number. And I would have thought we've had several in the last few years that have gone over seven. I guess I'm just so <laughs> the NBA All-Star game just just kind the of. The over is juice, too. The over yeah. is, is is even money. It's plus 100. Should we just say screw the data and just nuke the over for for the hell of it? Let's yeah yeah absolutely Over. even money plus one hundred eight runs in an all star game you would think yeah forget about logic okay well we made that pick pretty easy let's go to Friday the Guardians will be back in action down south in Texas against the Rangers oh, Civ is Texas is good it's gonna be hot oh man Civ is what a way to two. start it off it's a tough start back they haven't named a starter yet. Um, for this game. Let's build the same game parlay versus the AL West leading Texas Rangers. I'm going to go ahead and start this. Obviously, we have the Guardians money line, but Savali has been very, very, very good. People aren't really, I feel like, respecting how good his last couple of outings were. We just saw that absolute dominant performance where he had what, Gab? Like nine, nine strikeouts? strikeouts? Yeah, I think, I think he finished seven innings. So I think typical will probably give him some love for this game. They're probably going to boost that total to a four and a half, maybe five and a half, but I'm going to ride with it. I'm going to ride with Civ. Long break. I'm going to bet the over Savali strikeouts with Guardians money line. Chris, you got anything that you like for this? I, I love that Savali look because he went seven innings scoreless last time dude out, and it so was I, just dominant dominant yeah yeah i mean that's that's the hot hand right there um i i don't know why don't we go with something something with savali and then then a guards to win i think the guards winning down there is going to be a tough one so yeah. that's going to give you the kind of odds for the kind of payout you're going to want all right cool we can keep that one easy my favorite time of the year is here wimbledon 
Are we going to put in a bet on who will win Wimbledon? I know Dollar Dog has the women's odds for us right now. I think that championship will be Saturday. Um, you guys have a pick that you like there? Yeah, championship Saturday. I have no idea what any of this is. You don't know any of this? So nope. so it's it's pretty much I know what Wimbledon is. Yeah, give me a little bit of credit. It's pretty but much I barely like, know the men's game, and I'm gonna be honest, I don't know anything about the women's game at all. This the the number one in the Serena world is pro- Venus, they're not in it, obviously, no. right? No. Okay. The number one in the world is the favorite, and she's probably gonna win. I think that's Steffi Graf, is she still around? I, I don't know. No. I think it's gonna be the favorite. So let's go there. And then they don't have because like the the men's matches are ongoing, like as we're doing this show live and then like into the morning tomorrow and stuff. So it's hard to tie down futures on the men's for Wimbledon. But I encourage people like Chris, as somebody that doesn't follow tennis closely, like live bet tennis this week, like later this week into the quarterfinals, semifinals, like just live bet it on typical. It's so good. I've been doing it these first couple matches into Wimbledon and it's so fun because you just bet point by point, like put a dollar, you know, one dollar, 50 cents, you know, just small bets for every point it's a lot of fun all right i like the input from intern jack alina spitalina ukrainian girl that just upset a highly favored russian cinderella story of the decade okay there we go cinderella story get it on the air in wimbledon intern jack looks to go two for two yes yes texts into the show hey listen guys one for one was a big one plus Uh, 2500 can we can we ask typico about betting on track and field Mm, that's an ohio thing Oh, it is? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, we live in a horrible state. Oh, man, I just wondered about it. I never get to geek out on this show yeah. about all my girl crushes in professional running. Ohio. And our girl friend of show, Katie Moon. Katie, yeah. I yeah. remember. She just punched her ticket to the World Athletic Championships in August. I don't so. know that I should say this. Nah, I'll say it anyways. Statute of limitations. Um, the offshore sports books, you can bet on that. And uh, long story short, I bet on Katie way back when. And yeah, Way back when. Yeah. Well, she's a good one to bet on. Yeah, right? Legend, friend of show, had to do it offshore, sent my crypto. <laughs> Shout out Mike DeWine, man. We got all that popping in Ohio, kind of. <laughs> All righty. And then the home run derby is tonight. Gab and I locked in our picks last week. Yes. Uh, who did you say again? I said, we said Pete Alonso oh, we both was did. what okay, we yeah, rolled, yeah. rolled out. And then Snatch at AI this morning doubled down on that pick and it agreed like that's what it spit out was Pete Alonso when Man. I asked the Snapchat. So My Snapchat won't give me anything. You got to massage it, Gabby. No, I tried so hard. I, I don't understand. I'm not good at interrogating. I need to get a, you need to get an ex-boyfriend for this. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I swear I'm not betting on this. I just need to know your prediction for a TikTok that I'm trying to film. Like, because, yeah, like if you straight just ask Snapchat AI for its bet pick, it will give you the political like, oh, oh I am just a robot friendly assistant and I cannot make. <laughs> predictions on this but mine i have convinced that i'm not actually betting on this and now it gives me picks so i i don't know what i've done i do talk to it sometimes too just to keep it like oh i'm a big fan of pete alonzo like afterwards okay. just just so it thinks like i'm a human and like i'm like talking to this thing i don't know i don't know if that's what made it work i don't know if my snapchat just hasn't updated in some time yet but wow i'm keeping my pick of pete alonzo oh good for you 
Who did I go with last week? I don't even remember now. Um, I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, uh, oh, you Guriel went with Vlad. Yeah, Vlad. Yeah. You went with Vlad. Yeah, I was going to go with Vlad again, so I'm going to stick with myself. All right, perfect. Okay. Well, we are in good shape. I think that's the show, guys. It's some some fun bets, some fun <laughs> fill in the blanks. I'm hot in this bucket hat in here. <laughs> I'm going to be out next week going to Cedar Point. Have you guys been to the point Ooh. in a while? I haven't been in quite some time. I feel like ne- a couple years. Neither have I. What are you going to ride there, Chris? So what is the name of it? Uh, it is Steel Vengeance. Yeah, oh, Steel okay. Vengeance is the name of the thing. Yeah. That thing is unbelievable. Have you ever ridden that, Gab? No. What it do you is think? Like, listen, Chris, I can't do anything beyond the Raptor. Okay. The, I'm an Iron Dragon. Iron Dragon. Kind of gal. Good one. I once waited okay. two hours in in line for the Millennium Force and then backed yeah. out. <laughs> oh, you did that. Yeah. My first roller coaster ever was the Maverick, the one that really like sends you all yeah. over the place. And it was I went with my cousins, and it, this was a long time. I wasn't tall enough to get on it. So my mom like stuffed my shoes with paper towels, kind of like an old trick for people that have short kids. <laughs> my mom's very short as well. So she they shoved my they shoved paper towels in my shoes. So I'd be tall enough and i really think that like that gave me like brain damage because (laughs) when i got off that ride my head and my neck hurt so bad from like thrashing all around so don't do that which one was it it's it's the maverick and i've been i've been on it since but that that at one point in time scarred me i hated roller coasters now i like them i feel like there isn't a comfortable ride there except for the raptor and the iron dragon (laughs) I like it because the Iron Dragon is the one where you sit in that bucket, isn't it? So like your legs yeah, are you get a little like, splat, a little like a little spray room. from the spring <laughs> thing. It's very much a beginner's choice. It definitely is. Yeah, Chris, are I, you one that you do all of them? Yeah, we do. Okay. Yeah, we do. Oh, and but we get so out there early. We run to the back of the park. Same. For, okay, for Steel Engines were one of those. Now. I never get my my favorite Cedar Point story was from when I was a kid, and now a ride that's no longer there. The Demon Drop. And okay. I don't know if that was around. Do you remember the Demon Drop? I do. Yes. Yeah. So that was pretty damn scary back when I was a kid, and I went on it with my dad, and I was eight years old, and I'll never forget being in line the whole time, and I'm just getting more and more scared as I'm going through line, and to the point where I'm like at tears, <laughs> and my dad turns to me and he goes, "Hey, listen, when we get up there." You can just walk all the way through and just walk off. You don't have to get on the ride. And I was like, okay, okay. And I'm just like crying and everything else. One of the proudest moments of my life. I get up to the ride. I get up to that cart. I walk through the four chairs and sit in the very last one. I rode that ride that day, Nick. Did you like yeah, it? Yeah, I and did. You liked it. I was crying and everything else. I got off of it. And of course, I'm like, let's go again. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so I was the opposite because I was in like physical pain. I was like, I'm never doing that again. But I've, <laughs> I, I, I've since come around. So let that be a PSA. Don't sneak your short kids on the rides like my degenerate <laughs> parents did. <laughs> Unless you have a helmet. <laughs> yeah, or put them in a helmet. Unless you have a bucket hat. bucket hat. Oh, man. Yeah, Cedar Point. Also good people watching up there. Oh, for sure, always. Oh, fantastic. It'll be good for content. So be watching my feed next week. <laughs> will do. I won't be on the show, but you can watch my feed. I will probably be featuring more than one Northern Ohio uh, interesting person. <laughs> Love it. We will see you guys next week. Until then, see ya. It's time. Streaming live from Cleveland, Ohio. Presenting the undefeated, undisputed heavyweight podcast of the world.
The big play! Reflux Town!